0: Hi, this is Dan Sullivan, and this is Exponential Wisdom. And I'd like to introduce Peter Diamandis because I was able during the last quarter to take one of Peter's very powerful thinking processes called the 60s. And I was able to put that into a strategic coach tool with his permission. Thank you, Dan. (laughs) And it was great. It was great. It was just a knockout of the park home run during the Last two months,
1: Dan. It's a pleasure to see the 60s get additional traction in getting new dimension. And I, I really want to hear about people's reaction to how you've used it. Let me maybe start with a little bit of background of where the 60s came from. It was actually the very first Abundance 360 program that you were at, along with about 25 other people at Singularity University. And I was getting ready for it, and you know, I was thinking about the dematerialization of products and services which i had written about originally in abundance and as i said you know actually digitizing things is the first step towards dematerialization and when you digitize something it enters a period of deceptive growth and digitization of course is ones and zeros it's turning a handwritten page into ascii that can be represented in hexadecimal or in binary with ones and zeros And then when you digitize something, whether it's manufacturing, finance, biology, medicine, all those things, the impact of that begins very slow and deceptively. And I talk about the Kodak camera. The first Kodak camera was 0.01 megapixels. Next year is 0.02, 0.04, 0.08. It all looks like zero in the beginning. It's all very flat. And then it all of a sudden one day, 10 doublings later, it's a thousand, 20 doublings. It's a million, 30 doublings. It's a billion times bigger you know, at the knee of the curve, it breaks onto the scene as is disruptive. And when it disrupts things, it dematerializes products and services. It demonetizes products and services. And it democratizes. When things become bits, when a digital phone or a video camera becomes bits, they can, they are cheap because the cost of replicating bits is near zero. The cost of transmitting bits is near zero. So I can send you a digital camera for zero cost on an iPhone, then they democratize so that you can have these available on a billion handsets produced every year around the world. So that was the original. And I talk with CEOs all the time about how you do 60s to your products Mm -hmm. and how you do it to your services. But you've taken it slightly different direction.
0: Yeah, well, the big thing is that I'm dealing just with entrepreneurial owners of companies, 60 different industries from all over the world. And my central focus is not so much on the company. It's on the individual who is usually the founding entrepreneur, but it's the head entrepreneur, the decision maker in the firm. And I said, you know, before a company will really make breakthroughs as an organization, the entrepreneur himself or herself has to make a conceptual breakthrough, and especially as it relates to technology, that they are really comfortable with their own progress and getting better with technology literally becoming digitally confident and that's the name of the exercise that i actually came up with but what i did is i started off with your 60s concept and you're talking really macro and i'm talking micro so what i've done is i've kind of miniaturized the 60 by making it a really small tool but it's a tool that everybody can use And we just have a mindset scorecard of where you are with the 60s that Peter talks about. Where are you with digitizing things? Where are you with the willingness to go through a deceptive period where you're making investments in digital technology, but you don't necessarily have any productive or profitable measurements yet that this is really paying off. You've gone through long periods like this, Peter, and you know what it's like I mean absolutely it's one thing for your invention to be deceptive to the world. It's another thing to have its value deceptive to yourself because you're you're not sure it's going to work out and then, where are you with actually introducing new capabilities that may very well disrupt the way that you run your business disrupt? The way you've put your organization together and then disrupt how you operate in the marketplace and then being really eager about the dematerialization of what you're doing it's not going to take up as much space you're going to replace atoms with bits and then the demonetize are you willing to actually offer what you have in the marketplace for far less than you have in the past And are you willing to go through that? And then the sixth one, are you willing to go farther afield and be impacting on many more people than you originally thought of that your business was doing? It. So I I try to bring it down to ordinary day-by-day discussion, you know, would you be willing to think this way? Would you be willing to change your habits in this way? Would you be willing to reorganize your organization around that? And then, once we've done that, then I just take them through a little exercise. Well, what are three digital capabilities that they've already become normal to you and you're already utilizing them? What are three that you're now in the process of acquiring? And it could be like an app. It doesn't have to be a huge thing. Mm -hmm. You're just going to take a new app. You're going to introduce some new aspect of digital technology into your organization, The big thing for me, just as an example, is switching to the Zoom platform for an enormous amount of my communication now. I do so much more communication where I used to write things. I used to spend hours by myself thinking through something where I'll just go on the Zoom platform with another person might be a 1,000 miles away, and we just talk it through for 15 or 20 minutes. Like we're doing right now. Like we're doing right now on the Zoom platform <laughs> from Rain Central. Then the big thing is, what have you heard about on the horizon You know, that kind of takes your interest as far as technology? So you write three things down in each of the columns, and then you say, okay, bottom line, what are three tangible measurements of progress are you gonna make that's gonna give you greater digital confidence? And I did this with over 500 entrepreneurs, and it was gangbusters. I mean, it was gangbusters. I should say this, and I'm not letting the cat out of the bag here, but I have a significant amount of ADD in my client base.
1: I resemble that remark. I'm sorry. <laughs> what did you say, Peter? There's a squirrel. Did you know there's a squirrel? <laughs> Let's talk about spaceships, okay? <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. To hear all this technology news coming in and people say, well, you've got to do this and you've got to do that. You know, if you don't switch over to this system in a year, you're going to be toast and everything else. And it's very, very distracting to them. It's very disorienting to them. And I just wanted to introduce a tool. And you introduced a concept into the book Bold where you talked about the accessible possible don't worry about the technologies that might be available to you a year from now. Actually take full advantage of the technologies that are accessible to you right now and think in terms of 90 days. And that was huge for them. You know, you have a saying, Peter, which I've quoted thousands of times. Everybody thinks creativity is thinking outside of the box. Actually, creativity is thinking in a smaller box. What I do is I create smaller boxes that allow them to feel confident and focused in three specific areas of improvement. And then they get to talk to everybody during the course of the day about what each of them is doing and they make notes. But I've just taken something that could isolate them, have them feeling very, very nervous, but they wouldn't talk about it. And I had them talk about their progress with technology now as a unified conversation inside of Strategic Coach. And a lot of the entrepreneurs during the two months, I had 12 workshops, and a lot of them said, pass on their thanks to Peter for giving them a formula for understanding how technology in the biggest sense works in the world. But they were able to bring that model down to just what they as an individual are doing on a daily basis
1: so it's interesting I want to just reflect on what you've done here because it's a different but beautiful approach to this I do believe that the investments we make as entrepreneurs you know it's deceptive early times. it's even negative in the early days you know you're spending a lot more energy learning how to use Dropbox or Google Docs or you know whatever digital tools you want to have there's a learning curve that causes it to be investment. And then eventually it enables brand new capabilities and allows you to do more than ever before. I remind people that all of us are born with the same limitations, which is 24 hours a day and seven days in a week. And how you make use of every second of your day, whether it's using it to play with your kids in free time or whether it's creating new intellectual property or marketing, How you make use of that time is the most important choices you're making. Investing in some forms of exponential technologies, like not going and hopping into an airplane, but instead being able to have a conversation like this, which is 90% or 80% of the value, but at a fraction of the time. That's disruptive in the final result.
0: And a fraction of the cost. And a fraction of the cost, yeah. And totally recorded. You know, the whole thing is totally recorded. The thing about this, Peter, is in a recent podcast, you talked about the acceleration of acceleration. Yeah from my standpoint, because I come at technology from a quite different direction that you do, I say, yeah, but how do you make this normal? In other words, my experience is that people don't become fully engaged with any new experience until they can normalize the experience. Okay, Probably a lot of your bidding, we bought a Tesla about three months ago. There's no big change for me because we had a bmw x5 before and now we've got a tesla but i'm still a passenger yeah because if babs is in the car babs is the driver and that's that's a symbol of many other areas <laughs> of my life <laughs> a smart man yeah you know, but people are saying jay isn't it the most exciting thing that you've ever had and i said well you know it's really neat it's got you know any number of superior qualities to any other car ride i've had I'm through understanding about twenty percent of the buttons that are available <laughs> in the car. But I say I will tell you this: it's got the greatest sound system I've ever heard in a radio. You know, I said yeah. Babs just presses a button on the steering wheel and she says the song, and five seconds later it's up on the screen. So the thing that I'm kind of doing is I'm kind of using the sound system to normalize the whole Tesla experience for me what i'm saying is that when you introduce a whole new way of doing things into people's life they've got to find an area that's normal to them not only normal but pleasurable they actually get pleasure out of it and then they have an encouragement to expand the pleasure into other areas so what i think i've achieved we'll know because we're doing it again the next quarter with my five hundred ten times entrepreneurs is that we're going to expand their sense of comfort and confidence about going a little bit more bold with their use of digital technology during the next quarter, and involving all of their team members. This one, we just went after the entrepreneur himself or herself. So for us, for example, on the second day after Labor Day, when we get back from the we have a couple of weeks off. I'm putting my entire team, 125 people worldwide. If they're not there physically, they're visually connected. And I'm taking them through, and they're each gonna identify three areas where they're gonna improve their digital confidence. So Peter, you're thinking about connected human minds. So think about this, and I think it will pull it off, is that 375 improvements will be made during the next 90 days. In the teamwork, you know in the digital technology of the entire strategic coach, and it'll take me about a half hour to introduce them to that, so that's a sign of exponential growth there where First of all, they're all learning at the same time, which is exponential, but they're each identifying three areas where they're going to become more comfortable and confident with digital technology. And then the next quarter, they'll step it up a little. And the quarter after that, they'll step it up. So that's where you get the... Cumulative advantage. The cumulative yes. benefits. Yeah, you're yeah.
1: taking Strategic Coach into the realm of an exponential organization. Yes. You're giving people the tools to
0: use their time and their capital and their assets far more efficiently. Yeah. And the other thing that there's choice in there, because they're the ones who are picking the three things that they're... Talking about. But in each case, it has to be within the framework of their work and within their teamwork with other people. But it's up to them to decide where they're going to move forward. I mean, we just introduced Salesforce because we were with a less powerful platform before that, and we're getting The complexity of our information and what we want to do with it is getting bigger and bigger. And so we've, you know, really bit, and you talk about the deceptive period, there's like a year's deceptive period before you start really seeing the tangible results. But we're already, this year, we're starting to see the upswing it's now visible and it's now affecting but there was a lot of discomfort going through this process old habits that had to change investments that you had to write off and you had to move on but You see, my feeling is this normalizing of the exponential is a huge educational process. And I think it's a topic that we will be talking about 25 years from, the normalizing of the exponential. It's got to be a normal feeling. I mean, I think that's the biggest thing, that technologies seem to be at their most powerful when they become matter-of-fact to people. I
1: agree with you. And what happens, obviously, is we establish a rate and a pace of change, or a pace of wealth creation, or a pace of interaction, or a pace of knowledge we have. And we all love as humans to make progress. So we are forcing ourselves to, okay, this is new baseline. How do I get better than this? None of us are going to add any more hours in the day, at least not without health consequences of sleeping less. And no one's going to increase the number of neurons in your brain, the number of synaptic connections. So ultimately, it's what are the tools that you use. Mm-hmm. So we're going to get more efficient tools that will make just that more efficient use of your time and your resources, and we'll go from there.
0: Can I ask you a question? I mean, you yeah. went through the exercise in the coach workshop, but if you look back over the past year, where have you become more? digitally confident on a personal level, where you're using something now or putting together different tools in a way that is much smoother, it's much easier, it's faster, better. Yeah, I mean,
1: I think it's, for me, it's tools. My team at that runs Abundance360, my PhD ventures team is, to a large degree, paperless, and we're focused on Dropbox and Google Docs and Slack. And it's also a distributed team. I, you know, a few people office with me here at XPRIZE, but most of the team, 10 of them, are in LA, but work from home or work from the road, wherever the case might be. So we're completely virtualized to that degree. So I think it's a lot of these digital tools that we use for conversing and developing, co-developing products together. That and then use of Zoom, We're in the middle of building products on our own as well. I'm in the midst of building a product with an amazing team that will scrub news feeds in a very unique way that's never been done before. I'll fill you in on that when we speak next. We're also creating a product for Abundance 360 Digital, which will be a community platform that's so important. Mm -hmm. You know, you're the average of the people you spend the most time with Mm -hmm. in your life and during your day. So when I spend time with you, I'm in a much more positive thinking mindset, a much more abundant mindset, a much more not-in-the-gap mindset. So you can shift your psychology by, as Tony says, movement. You can shift your psychology with drugs. You can shift your psychology by the people you hang out with. Mm-hmm. So really creating community platforms that enable you to hang out with people mm-hmm. that share the mindset you want. Wouldn't it be cool if you actually had a platform? This is an idea... That I need to develop with my team, so mercy, you can take note if i 'm feeling sad, and I want to be happy. Imagine if I could tune into a group of happy people and if I'm, mm-hmm. if I want to be inspired, if I could tune into a group of inspired people it 's sort of an interesting psychological platform play of rx, a uh, prescription for a mood shift
0: <laughs> yeah, probably kind of informally and unconsciously, we actually do that. When I look at my life, for example, the business life, obviously, is focused totally on entrepreneurism. You know, all my team members are admiring of entrepreneurs, and they're very, very positive about entrepreneurs. And then when I look at the personal relationships outside of Coach, the vast majority of them are entrepreneurs. So day in, day out, 365 days a year. I'm probably interacting with people who have a very positive attitude towards entrepreneurism, but then I'll go home for family reunions and i'll be in a room with thirty five people and entrepreneurs are strange creatures, starting with their relative who just came down from Toronto, you know, and everything like that. Yes, I have an ability to go into other people's worlds and i 'll sit there and i 'll talk to them about their world. But I have five siblings, and not one of them has ever asked me a question about what I do for a living.
1: <laughs> That's fascinating.
0: Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah, I know what they do. They know nothing. for. Maybe they're listening to your podcasts. No, I'll yeah. tell you, the <laughs> second generation down, so it's at the level of grand nieces and grandnephews. They know the pods, they've downloaded the videos. And, you know, they're all in their 20s and 30s and they're very, very interested, but my own level. You know, profit is never honored in his own land, you know. <laughs> but that's the way the world, the world works that way. I mean, you hang out with innovators all the time and then sometime you're gonna be in a room where nobody even knows how to spell the word and you'd find it shocking. Well, pal, I
1: love the 60s and your readaption of it for entrepreneurs. And I think that in order for us to make more efficient use of our day, for us to create more wealth in our lives, for us to create more of the things that we desire, we're not going to create more time. So it's how we use that time in a much more efficient and much more leveraged and much more impactful fashion that's going to allow us to do more. So this is all about the new tools, the new digital tools that you use. Mm -hmm. And so creating digital confidence and digital experimentation in all of these things, I agree with you, is a very important thing for entrepreneurs to do.
0: Yeah. And you know what a sucker I am for a new thinking tool. So when I saw yours, I was hooked. (laughs) A real pleasure, my friend. I'll see you next time. Thank you, Peter. Take care, Dan.